Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. to developing our spiritual senses and of course for the benefit of those who perhaps have not been following us through the series of teachings that I have done on the value of our new identity in Christ I'm going to take a few minutes and recap some of the things that we mentioned very briefly for the last several weeks we have been looking into and teaching on the value of our identity in Christ Jesus. And we have done that by looking into the life of Moses when he came of age and the choices he made as a result of him coming into maturity. And we're going to read those verses again from the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 24 and 26. We read, by faith, Moses, when he became of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Now we see that when Moses realized who he really was, that is when he matured, when he came of age, his whole attitude changed. And as a result, the manner of his life changed by the choices he made. He chose certain things. He chose a certain way because he realized who he was. He understood and he came into the revelation that he was not the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Though he might have grown in the palace of Pharaoh, that's not who he really was. His lineage, his ancestry was from the Hebrew tribe, from the Israelites. So when he came into that revelation and when he realized who he was, he made certain choices. And those choices he made changed his whole life. So looking at his life and the choices he made, we realize that spiritual maturity leads us into a whole new world of self-discovery. When you come of age in the Lord or in the Spirit, you are led into a whole new world of discovering not only the Lord, but your very own self. You come to terms with who you are, not in a negative term, but in a positive term. That you are a new creation in Christ, and all things have passed away. All things have become new. You have become the righteousness of Christ in Christ Jesus. You are no longer the curse, but you are the blessed, and you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Your mind is renewed with the truths of who you really are, a new species of being in Christ Jesus. So, 
when we find ourselves in the Lord and come to terms with our uniqueness, we become genuine and authentic in our approach to life. In other words, we live life with precision and accuracy rather than experimenting with our life. When you know who you are and what God cre created you to do, you get up in the morning with a sense of purpose. That you know you are here to accomplish certain things in the Lord. That you're not just a number. That you are uniquely created with unique gifts and talents and strengths. And so you put those talents and strengths and you live your life with precision and accuracy rather than experimenting. Well, is this what I'm supposed to do? Is that what well, I'm not sure yet? Well, that tells me that you haven't come into maturity yet. You haven't come of age. You haven't realized who you really are or what God has called you to do. And there are many believers in the house of God today that have been believers for years and they have never come into their own. And uh, it, it's really a tragedy. It's alright to be a spiritual babe if you have been born again a few months ago or a couple of years ago, but to remain in that state, it is a spiritual tragedy. Now, when you come into your own, you are happy with who God created you to be and do what God created you to do. When that happens, God takes the sweat and the striving out of your living and working. Amen? You don't strive any longer to become somebody because you know that you already are someone in Christ Jesus. It takes the sweat out of your brow. Uh, you, you, you realize who you are in Christ and what you have in Him. Your life changes because your attitude changes and we are brought into a place of what the Bible calls the rest of God. You are at rest. You know, Scripture tells us in Hebrews, labor, be diligent to enter into that blessed rest because there is a rest that remains for the people of God. In other words, what do I mean by rest? Your, your search for meaning in life, your search for security, your search for significance stops and you come into a place of rest. Our insecurities and our fears begin to give away to renewed confidence and courage in the Lord and we no longer strive to become because we realize that we already are. The Bible says in Colossians 2.10 that you are complete in Christ who is the head of all principality and power. You don't need anything or anyone else to complete you. You are complete in Him. We lack nothing. We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. So the sense of completeness, the sense of wholeness, fills our hearts and we live life from a place of blessing rather than striving to be blessed. There are many today believers in the church striving to be blessed because they don't realize they already blessed. 
Amen? So you live life when you come into your own, when you mature in the Lord, in the Spirit, you come into a place of rest and you live life from a place and from a position of being blessed rather than striving to be blessed. Now, another thing that takes place when we reach that maturity in the Lord, we stop competing or comparing ourselves with anyone else who might be more gifted or more influential. You know, this, this can bring a lot of unrest, a lot of insecurity in a person's life when all the time you start comparing yourself and competing with others. Why? Because you realize that you are unique and valuable in who God created you to be. Amen? Now, these are some of the evidence of a person who's come into his own in the Lord and has matured in Christ Jesus. You, you, you sense when you walk in, into the presence of that person, you sense an atmosphere of peace and rest rather than striving and fretting or being insecure or, or trying to compete and compare yourself with anyone else. And that is the place where God wants every one of his children to enter into, to be diligent, to come into that place of rest in the Lord, where we rest and God works in us and through us. You see, the more you strive, the less God can work through you. We block him, we hinder him. But the more we rest in God and in who we are and who God created us to be, the more freedom he has by his spirit to work through us and bless the lives of other people. So the word of God encourages us to exercise all this, to make an effort, to be diligent and to enter into that blessed rest that we read about in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 11 says, Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. And so it's a good thing to meditate on. How mature are we? Are we still fretting? Are we still insecure? Do we still compare ourselves with others? Do we wish that we were someone else rather than ourselves? Have we come to terms with who we are in Christ and begin to love ourselves and like ourselves? Amen? Because if you don't love yourself, how are you going to give that love to someone else, as I said last week? So what I want to do today is give you some keys to entering into that blessed rest or to spiritual maturity. Now, the New Testament and primarily the epistles, the epistles in the New Testament were written to the saints and not to sinners. Every epistle that was written in the New Testament was written to the church and not to the world. Now, they were written with the purpose of giving the saints the revelation and the understanding of their identity in Christ, what they have in Him, and how they should conduct themselves now that they are new creations in Christ Jesus. Now, they reveal to us primarily that the sacrifice of Jesus at the cross of Calvary
and our acceptance and belief in that sacrifice was all sufficient. Nothing needs to be added to it. To present us righteous and blameless before God. He's done it all. All we need to do is receive what He's done by faith, stand on it by faith, and rest in the finished work of Christ. Jesus said, it is finished. We don't need to add anything more to it. We just need to rest in what He has done for us. That's what the epistles reveal. Over and over again, they emphasize our identity, our inheritance in Christ, and how we should conduct ourselves now that we are new creations. He's not talking to sinners, he's talking to saints. And he says, this is the way you should live because this is who you are. And because of who you are, this is the way you should conduct yourselves. Amen? Now, our spiritual growth and development along those lines are key to a life of abundance, to a life of victory, and entering into that blessed rest that the Bible speaks about. I personally believe, that's my personal conviction, that we should spend more time studying the epistles than any other part of the Bible. Because the epistles were written primarily to you as a New Testament believer. I'm not saying don't study the whole Bible. Study the whole Bible, get an overview of the entire Old and New Covenants, but the best part of your studying and meditation, focus it on the epistles, because they are directly written to you as a New Testament believer, telling you who you are, telling you what you have, telling you about your inheritance, and telling you and, and encouraging you how to live as a New Testament believer. Amen? Amen? Another key to that entering into our own or coming of age is the key of prayer. Our life as new creations in Christ is primarily sustained by the power of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God and prayer. Through the Word of God and prayer. So fellowship with God in prayer on a consistent and regular basis is indispensable for our spiritual growth and development. I don't know of anyone who has developed that has not a steady, strong, continuous prayer life. Amen? You can bear witness to that. I compare prayer and the Word of God as the two wings of an eagle. The two wings that that enable the eagle to soar into the highest places far above the storms and we as New Testament believers are compared to eagles many times. And so the word and consistent prayer life are the two wings in the spirit that lifts us, that enables us to live above the storms and above the challenges of life. And when challenges comes, we are able to ride them through and to rise above them into the highest places in the Spirit. And so prayer and the Word is indispensable. But more about prayer, I'm going to teach about that next week. The other key that is found 
in the, in, in the epistles is understanding the true nature of our being will help us to stay in faith, fight the good fight of faith, and overcome in life. The epistles to the church reveal to us that we are a triune being. We are spirit beings primarily. We have a soul and we live in this physical body. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 tells us that very, very clear, very plain. Paul writes to the church and he says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit notice what he puts first. He lists them in order of importance. Your whole spirit, then he, call, he, he names the soul, which is our will, our emotions, and our ability to think, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Spirit first, not body. Soul and body. We, it helps our faith to think of ourselves primarily as spirit beings. You need to understand that as new creation in Christ, you are primarily a spirit being. You were created in the likeness and image of God. And God is? He's not a physical being. He's a spirit. So we are simultaneously living and functioning in three worlds, or rather in three dimensions at the same time. The spiritual, the intellectual, the emotional, and the physical world. The struggle we are daily faced with is between our spirit and the flesh. The unseen and the seen. The invisible and the visible, the eternal and the temporal. That is where we struggle every single day between these two. What we see and what is unseen. What we feel and what is reality. Now, look at Galatians 5.17. I'm going to read from the MPC, Amplified Translation, classic. For the desires of the flesh are opposed to the spirit and the desires of the spirit are opposed to the flesh godless human nature for these are antagonistic to each other continually withstanding and in conflict with each other so that you are not free but are prevented from doing what you desire to do you see our spirit got born again and he's a brand new man but our body remains the same so we need to train our body if we don't train our body and submit or subdue the body through the spirit, it will want to do the things that it always did in our old life. So that's where the struggle comes. And especially if your mind has not been renewed with the word of God, what happens is your flesh and your unrenewed mind will side together against your spirit and will captivate and put your spirit in prison. So that you, are, you cannot express yourself spiritually or live in the spirit as the word says. That is why we need to develop the spirit man with his spiritual senses. 
Just as the body can be developed and strengthened, even so the spirit can be developed and strengthened. Amen? Now, we have a physical body and a physical senses, the five physical senses, which enable us to function in this physical natural world. Amen? The senses were given to us so that we can function here. It's our earthly suit. Now, we also have spiritual senses. We need to know that and we need to understand that. There is a sense of hearing in the spirit. There is a sense of seeing what is invisible in the spirit. There is a sense of discerning in the spirit. And we need to develop those spiritual senses so that we can walk by the spirit and function in the realm of the spirit. Otherwise, we will never be able to navigate ourselves by just using physical senses. Hello? Is this new to you or am I making sense? Yeah. Alright. Now, the problem arises when we mix the true and try to use our physical senses in order to discern or function and navigate ourselves in the spirit. And that's where the problem arises and confusion. Amen? When it comes to living by faith, faith always deals with the unseen realm of the Spirit. Amen? You hear people say, well, I'll believe it when I see it. That's, that's using physical, natural senses to live in the Spirit. Cannot be done. Now, if we are to live by faith or in the Spirit, as the Word says, we need to develop our spiritual senses, which give us access into the unseen realm of the Spirit where faith lives and works. You can't grow in faith unless you grow in the Spirit. Because faith has to do with the unseen realm. You cannot access the unseen realm using physical senses or your intellectual senses. Your ability to think and calculate. Many people are trying to figure out what God is doing using their brain. They can't figure Him out. You get confused. Because you can't figure out God with your mind. Your mind is far too small. But your spirit is the one who understands God, understands the ways of God, understands the power of God, and welcomes that and works with God. We contact God with our spirit. We contact the physical world with our physical senses. We contact the intellectual world with our mind. Amen? Now, notice what Hebrews 5, verse 13 and 14 says. This is, this is very interesting. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 13 and 14. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. Remember what we said in the beginning? We need to come of full age. We need to mature in Christ. We need to enter into that place of rest where we discover not only God but ourselves and we are comfortable with ourselves and we begin to live life with precision and accuracy. He says solid food 
belongs to those who are mature or of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. The senses he's talking about here is not physical senses. He's talking about your spiritual senses. What the writer to the Hebrew says is that if you are unskilled, another word to put it, untrained in the Word of God, you are a baby in the Spirit and you, 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 as such you cannot receive solid food. What is solid food? Solid food are the deeper things of God, the deeper things of the Spirit. It's the wisdom of God, it's the mysteries of God. And God wants to take us into the deeper things of the Spirit where we are able to see and function in the realm of the Spirit. What we see the Father do, we do. What we hear the Father say, we say. Jesus lived constantly in that realm. He said the Son can do nothing of Himself, but only what He sees. The, how did He see the Father? With His spiritual eyes constantly saw the Father working and doing, and he did what he saw the Father do. He said the Son does not speak his own words, but only what he hears the Father say. How did he hear the Father? With his spiritual sense of hearing and ability to discern what God was saying to him. You see, when you come of full age and your spiritual senses are exercised and are matured, you are able to define the will of God or know the will of God even in the minutest details of our daily lives. There's no such a thing as I don't know. The Bible says that when the Spirit of God lives within you, you know all things. All things that pertain to you, to your life to what you will be doing, to what God has prepared for you, to what belongs to you in Christ. You are able to discern the people in your future so that you can relate with them and walk with them. You know who the people in your past are and you leave them behind, forgetting the old things, the former things, and looking forward to the new thing that God is doing constantly in our lives. All those things are able to be discerned only by your spiritual senses. Now, but if we develop our spirit with his senses, then we will be able to receive the solid food the Bible speaks about. We are able to receive the deeper things of the spirit or grasp them, not just hear them, because many hear, but few grasp. Because those who have developed their spiritual senses by reason of exercising the Word of God are mature enough to discern. So, our ability to see, to discern, to hear in the Spirit comes from being trained in the Word of Righteousness. The Word of God is spirit food which nourishes and develops our spiritual senses. Without the daily dosage of the Word of God, we are unable to function in the Spirit or live by faith, because as I said, faith deals with the unseen world. Let me ask you a question. Simple. How do you see into what is unseen by your physical senses? What is spiritual vision? The Bible says that people without vision, they do what? 
if your spiritual senses of sight are not functioning, you're going to go around in circles and ultimately come to nothing, be destroyed. In other words, your life will be wasted. How do you hear things that cannot be heard by your physical ears? You know, God doesn't speak out loud physically that you can hear. Amen? Only through your spiritual senses. Now listen to this. The writer to the Hebrews rebukes the believers because they became dull of hearing, he said. Though they've been in the faith for many years, they reached a place where their spiritual senses were dulled. He desired to give them truth and revelation and take them on to greater things in the spirit. But he says to them, I'm unable to do so because you have become dull of hearing. Now, in other words, the spiritual senses have lost their ability to grasp the deeper things of God. Hebrews 5. Let's look at it in our own Bibles. There are many in the house of God today are in the same state. They have been in the faith for years, yet they are unable to receive the wisdom of God or the deeper things of the Spirit. They're only able to receive milk. Milk, 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 milk. Salvation, salvation, forgiveness of sin, salvation, salvation. You can't take them any further because they are unable to grasp it. Listen to what he says to them. And having been perfected, talking about Jesus, he became, Hebrews 5 verses 9 through to 12, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him, called by God as high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God and you have come to need milk and not solid food. And I say it again, many in the house of God today have become dull of hearing. They lost their ability to receive and to grasp spiritual truths because their spiritual senses have been dulled. They stagnated. Same class, year after year, they haven't graduated to the next class. So sometimes the pastor or the minister or the one who oversees the people, he loves to teach certain things but he's unable to because he can't take them any further. Something needs to take place before they become alive in the spirit. The spiritual senses are developed and they are awakened so that he can take them further. And one of the frustrations of pastors is when he is before people time and time again that are not able to grasp spiritual truths and go on deeper into the things of God. It's very frustrating. Jesus experienced the same thing with the disciples just before he went to the cross. He said, I have many things to say to you and to teach you, yet you are unable to receive them now. And God deals with us the same way. He will not choke us. 
He will wait until we are ready to hear and receive greater truths. And He's very kind and He's very patient with us. And He will walk with us and He will cry with us. And He will, and he will persevere with us, hoping and praying that one day we will wake up, spiritually wake up, get to prayer, get into the Word and begin to sharpen our spiritual senses where we are able to hear and see and function in the realm of the Spirit. Amen. And it's very difficult to disciple or to teach someone who's grown dull of hearing. Very difficult. You can scream, you can shout, you can, you can do whatever you like. You know, it's like a dead person. You know, he does not function. His physical senses are gone, dead. You can do whatever you like to that person, he will not respond. In the same way, many believers in the house of God, no matter what God does, how He does it, no matter how He approaches them, what He allows to come into their lives, they're still sleeping. The, the, the senses have grown dull. It's a terrible state to be in, and I pray that none of us finds ourselves in that state. Now, that is why, you know, the reason being is that the, these kind of folks, they're trying to understand God and figure Him out with the physical senses or the intellectual capabilities. That's why they get offended with God, they get offended with people. The, the, their knowledge of God is very shallow. It's not deep. Why? Because it's based on what they can see physically, what they can hear physically, and what they can figure out with their little peanut brain. That's out of foolishness. Because God is not a physical being. He's not an intellectual being. Amen? He does not live in the physical world, neither does He live in the intellectual world, but He lives in the realm of the Spirit. And you know, it is so easy to enter and cross that and into that realm if you're spiritually alert and alive. You walk into a place and immediately you pick up things. You know that there's also a sense of smell in the Spirit. I've only experienced that, that smell in the Spirit only once. Man, it is a terrible stench. I walked into a coffee shop in my village in Cyprus many years ago. And the stench in that place, God opened. It was as though I was able to smell in the Spirit. It was terrible. Demons have a smell in the spirit. They smell terrible. Now only those who are spiritually alert, alive, have developed their senses, as Hebrews says, that they can discern these things. God is spirit. So you can't figure him out. You can't tell what he's doing by looking at the natural circumstances. And many will determine whether God loves them or not by what goes on in the, in the natural world or by the circumstances they find themselves in because they are not able to discern things in the Spirit. God loves you when you're going through hard times, when you go through bad times. And, 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 and the bad times that you go through most times is your own doing and God has nothing to do with it. Yet people blame God for things He's not responsible for. All the time, every single day. Because they are spiritually blind, they're spiritually dull. 
The Bible, Jesus said to, in John's Gospel, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So if you want to know God, the only way to know him is in your spirit. If your spirit is undeveloped, you're not going to get to know him. All you'll know is a hallelujah, I'm born again, my sins are forgiven, praise God, that's all you know. Salvation, 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 salvation. But we must go on. Paul says, let us go on to maturity, leaving the elementary principles. And then he lists what those principles are. Repentance from dead works, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and baptisms, and the laying on of hands, and resurrection from the dead, and eternal judgment. Those are just foundational principles. And man, if I examine my preaching all these years, I don't know how often I've moved on from there. Repentance, faith, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the baptism in water. Eternal judgment, laying on of hands. Come on, we've got to move on to greater things in the Spirit. And the only way to do that is to develop spiritually and develop our spiritual senses. Now God often manifests Himself, all the time actually, in the natural realm. By His deeds and by miraculous intervention in the lives of people. We may witness a miracle of healing and we see the results of God's intervention, but we do not see the healer himself. What he does is often manifested in this physical world, but you cannot see the healer. Amen? You see the result of his intervention. You may experience a miracle of provision and you know that God was involved in this you see the provision in the natural realm, but you don't see the provider, do you? I've experienced this often, not often, but a number of times where I knew that I knew that God delivered me from a nasty car accident. I could sense the angelic presence. I saw the results of his intervention, but I did not see physically any angel there surrounding me. So, we can see the results of his intervention in this physical realm, but we don't see him. Amen? That very sense you have experienced is a spiritual sense. Sometimes we call it feeling, but it's not really a physical feeling. It's a spiritual feeling. It's a perception. Amen? Rather call it what it is. I sense. I perceive. You don't feel. Well, sometimes you may feel the presence of God, but it's rarely that you feel that. Now, developing, therefore, our spiritual senses is vitally important if we want to grasp the deeper truths and the deeper things of the Spirit of God. Notice what Hebrews says. Solid food, we've read it, belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use or exercise have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Another translation says it this way, by reason of practice have their senses exercised to discern. Let me say this, just as our physical body can be trained and developed through proper diet and exercise, and just as the mind can be renewed and educated through study and research, even our spirit man can be trained and educated and developed 
through the proper diet and the practice of God's Word. Now, I'm going to give you four steps. We will probably either, if we don't go into prayer next week, we'll go in detail into these four steps that enable our spirit man and his senses to be developed or sharpened. Before I went to the uh, United States, Michael had a word for me that was very significant. He said, Pastor, what I see is that I see that your prophetic gift is being sharpened. And he saw God sharpening that. Believe me, when I stepped into a new place, twice, in two new places, immediately the realm of the Spirit opened up and I could see prophetically. Uh, the church, the redemptive purpose of the church, where the church was and where it needed to be. It was amazing. That is discerning in the Spirit. Now, and I know visiting pastors look forward to someone coming from the outside and bringing a word that will either confirm or give them some sense of direction in where they are. Because when you are in that place day in and day out, day in and day out, it becomes familiar and sometimes you lose the sense or the spiritual, um, how can I put it, uh, compass. So when somebody comes from outside and he sees that and he begins to prophesy into that, oh, is it? Yeah, that bears witness. That's what we've been praying for. That's what we've been believing God for. Here are the four steps. You can write them down to the development of our human spirit and his senses as we come to a close. Number one, give the Word of God first place in your life. First place. Give the Word of God first place. The, the Bible says, my son, attend to my words. You need to give attention to the Word of God and put it as first place in your life. Top priority. The Word of God must become a word that you trust far above your closest friend or your most trusted confidant. Number two, spend time meditating in the Word. Not just reading it, but meditate. See yourself in that Word. Hear God speak to you through that Word. It's not the much that you read, is what you digest that matters. Meditation in the Word is vitally important. This, this is where I get most of my messages. I meditate in the Word and the Spirit begins to reveal things to me so that I can teach you. I receive all that in meditation in the Word. Number three, practice the Word. Not enough to read, to meditate in it, but you need to practice it. Put it into action. And number four, instantly obey the voice of your spirit. Instantly obey the voice of your spirit or the voice of your conscience. The conscience is your spirit. And sometimes, you know, that's how God mostly speaks to us. It's, in this, it's through our conscience, through the spirit, through our spirit. When, when you hear God, don't put it off. Don't try to reason it. Obey it. Put it into practice. That's how we develop our spirit man and his spiritual senses. You see, we talked about this new being in Christ, our identity in Christ. But this new being is a spiritual being. It's not a physical being. It's not an intellectual being. It's primarily a spirit being. Yes, we have a soul. 
and we live in this body. But we are. It helps your faith to think of yourself as a spiritual being. Some people are so focused on the flesh and on the outside that, that nothing else exists. They're so body conscious. When you become so body conscious, you become body ruled. Your body rules you. But when we develop our spirit and our spiritual senses to such an extent, our spirit rises up, coupled together with our renewed mind, and we subject the flesh. Paul says, uh, he, he says it this way in 1 Corinthians 9, but I bring my body into subjection. I, who's the I he's talking about? I bring my body into subjection. The I is the spirit man. I am a spirit being. My spirit, together with my renewed mind, bring my body into subjection, lest that by any means when I preach to others, I myself am a castaway. So it is a daily exercise. Just like you feed your body, you're going to have to take care of your spirit. You take care of your spirit, your spirit will take care of you when you need it. Yeah. Amen? So when you go through difficult time, when you go through a, a test or a trial, you have reserves within your spirit to be able to, re, to resist the enemy, to triumph in circumstances and to rise above it because there's spiritual strength within your spirit. It's there because you put it there. Amen? Let's pray. I'll leave you with these thoughts to study and meditate. Look at the verses yourself. Go into a study. Do your own study. But I say this in truth, unless we develop our spiritual senses, we will not be able to function or walk in the Spirit as the Bible teaches us. Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts or the desires of the flesh. You, you can't resist the flesh in your own strength. You need spiritual strength. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your precious word tonight. We thank you for the things you've taught us, and we thank you for giving us understanding and revelation how to develop our spirit man and his senses. Father, we pray that we may grow daily, we may, we may come out of this babyhood stage, and we may experience uh, the, the, the greater things of the Spirit, the joys, the excitement, the, the pleasure, the fulfillment of living a life that is full in the Spirit. You have come to give us life and even more abundant. But that life is in the Spirit. And so we, we pray that you will give us an appetite, a desire to cultivate, to nurture, to develop our spirit man and to take care of him so that he can take care of us when we need to. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.